0: Welcome back to the Cover Zero Podcast. Here we are with your Week Five Reaction Show. I'm your host tonight, J Rob, joined by Jay. How are you doing, bro?
1: I'm doing good, bro. I'm doing good. We got the Raiders playing tomorrow. You know, excited to see the game. Although we won in three, I'm still excited to see us play.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Monday night game against the Packers. First time Devonte Adams gets to play against Green Bay. He's questionable. We'll have to tune in and see if he's going to be able to give it a go. But for sure tonight, we're going to give it a go with our ICUs, with our What's Going On talk about what caught our eyes on the good and the bad over the course of this Sunday. And we're going to start it off with the good because one particular I see you that I have tonight to kick it off of my first one. I see you, bro. I see what you're doing out there. I like it. I see what you're doing. I see you. San Francisco 49ers, bro. That was a statement. That was a statement tonight. And right. we talked about this. This was our game of the week going into it. And we talked about how I think all of us had a clean sweep. The Niners taking it. Right. But none of us had a absolute pummeling like we saw in, in this game right here. Right. So that's really why I got to go with, with them first. And my takeaway with it is, is really this. As I watch this team and I think about what we have seen from them up to this point in the NFL. They simply have the most dudes. All across the board at numerous positions, more than I can say for anybody else, and you have someone like Kyle Shanahan pulling the triggers offensively for them to get to where they want to go, that just makes it so amazing. I mean, CMC yeah, so far— in the best
1: position for sure.
0: Exactly, exactly. Like, CMC so far, right now is Offensive Player of the Year, non-QB, MVP, whatever, you know, however you want to dress that up. He has been absolutely killing it and has not stopped. Another touchdown, 14 straight weeks crossing that point threshold. George Kittle, his first three grabs, three straight touchdowns. They can run off of George Kittle. They can use him as a decoy. They can use him as a blocker. They can use him as like they used him on that first touchdown. They catch they catch the Cowboys in like a cover six with a deep dropper in the middle. So basically cover six, you got cover four on one side of the field. You got cover two on another. So there is a deep void in one Third of the field whenever you get that kind of coverage. And Kittle saw it after he broke to the post and was just able to get to that area. When you have a tight end with that type of ability to be able to outrun DBs and out leverage DBs and get past linebackers who's also capable of being able to be a factor blocking Micah Parsons in the run game, I mean, it's this is where we are with this team right now, just seeing like them at full strength. They haven't even really needed Debo Samuel yet this year. Like you have But I use them today. They, they use them
1: today. They use yeah, <laughs> but you're he right, though. I get what you're saying, though, yeah. because we talked about this last week is where there's times where they don't really need to use Debo or they don't need to use Kittle as much. Last week, they used Ayuk. Uh, it was Ayuk. He was the whole offense, him and Brock Purdy, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right on that, bro. Sometimes they don't need other weapons. They're so stacked. Yeah. Yeah,
0: like, yeah. Last week, CMC on the ground game, he was the one doing the damage four touchdowns, 200 total yards. Ayuk through the air. Like they can where I think it really shines the most on the dearth of people that you have on this Niners team. Mm -hmm. It's when you get into certain areas where they want to accentuate one of them and being able to do it so easily. One of the plays that comes to mind was in the area in the red zone. Right. I want to say it was before that McCaffrey fumble when they were in the red zone in the first half. They put Debo in the backfield and Debo is, is there as a running back. McCaffrey is out wide as a wide receiver, mm-hmm. right? On the far, on the number side with, right. uh, with uh, Gilmore over him. In the slot, I think you had Bell, that uh, rookie that they got, who's been kind of a dirty work guy. they use in different scenarios. And then you had Kittle in the slot and Debo in the backfield. When Debo releases out into the flat, you now got a four by one, but you have this mess of different types of playmakers and skill sets all over. We've talked about this immensely, but this gets Debo matched up on Leighton Van Esch running an angle route. Yeah. It's over. It's yeah. over. Like, yeah. it's just these type of things. When they want to tap into one of them, you have these guys there that make it possible. And if, let's say, some sort of hiccup or glitch happens, you've got that defense there yeah. as a safety yeah. net. Yeah. Not only a safety net, but a freaking, like, it's a battering ram. Yeah.
1: That's what that I mean, defense, defense is. I mean, the defense could win games. The defense yeah. could win games if they needed to. If the whole offense mm-hmm. was shut down, the defense could still win games, bro.
0: Mm-hmm. bro still could. We were talking about this before we jumped on air. San Francisco 49ers in the hierarchy of teams right now, where are you falling?
1: Bro, I got them number one, bro. I got to agree with you. 100%. I gotta agree with you. You know, because they're, they're elite everywhere. You talked about it. Their offense, and I mean, every part of the offense, wide receiver. Running backs, the offensive line, the quarterback. I mean, the whole offense is really good. They don't have no weak point, really, on the offense. The defense is the same way. We talked about the sacks, too. We talked about the sacks last week. You're right. They're not as, you know, dominant in that department. But they still can get to the quarterback. Still they get to the
0: quarterback. It. Still affect. Yeah, yeah, we saw, we saw it happen so. today. With, yeah, we saw
1: it happen today. I mean, there's so many different things you can do on that defense and that offense. It's, it's, it's crazy. They got to be number one for sure.
0: And mm-hmm. those
1: coordinators got to be happy because sometimes those coordinators and those head coaches are not really able to tap into their full playbook because they don't got all the pieces. We see that every year. I mean, a lot of head coaches and coordinators really want to open up the playbook, but sometimes they can't really do it as much because the players, maybe they haven't learned it all the way, or maybe they're not as talented or whatever it may be. This Niners offense and defense, those head coaches and coordinators are able to do anything and everything
0: they want to do. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a a huge point, and I think a lot of people – when they watch football from, you know, like an outside perspective, they may not study it like we do and get in-depth in the minutiae to where, why don't we do this? Well, why don't we throw the ball downfield more? Because maybe your team doesn't have the offensive line allowing why? your quarterback to right, have enough right, time right, to get right. downfield. Why don't right. we throw deep? Well, we do have the offensive line. Well, maybe you don't have enough receivers that are capable as deep route runners down the field. Well, why don't we call reverses or screens? Why don't we? Why don't? Why don't? Why don't? No, the answer with the Niners is this is why we do, and this is why they do so many things. We're even seeing them get out of the Kyle Shanahan outside zone mold. Mm-hmm. The play where McCaffrey did fumble, they ran a trap, <laughs> a trap play. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever seen the Niners run a trap play. For everybody listening, what that is is you just you basically you let a first-level defender go because your plan is to release one of your linemen to the second level, mm-hmm. and then you bring either sometimes a fullback or a tight end but this was where they brought the right guard, Aaron Banks, mm-hmm. on a backside wham to be able to just seal off Micah Parsons. And it sprung McCaffrey just straight to the second level because that's where you have the center getting downfield to make the blocks on the Vander in that defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty impressive. Uh, a couple things that I want to also talk about on this Niners team that I saw today defensively. Let's go there. Steve Wilkes. This was the first time I would honestly put a feather in his cap from a defensive coordinator perspective, where he started to acquiesce the game plan early on to his opponent that he was playing against. This Niners team didn't run a ton of man coverage. They, You know, it's kind of mostly a grab bag of different zones, especially when you have the players that they do. But early on, we saw, especially in the first third down, we saw a man coverage look, one double number, where basically the call is one double 88, like they did in this one. Let's go ahead and double CD Lamb and they had a double team on him, and then he released to the second level, Dak threw an incomplete pass. That's why the first several drives for this Cowboys offense, the drives, not plays, drives, one yard, one yard, four yard. Like, they weren't getting anything. And then they made some adjustments to try to counter that man coverage. But when you have this team full of all these playmakers and guys who can do so many different things, this allows your your defensive coordinator to at some times maybe just pull back do a little bit, let the guy shine or really maybe stick his hand in there and put his signature and his personality on what he wants the defense to be. And we saw that in a huge game here today. Mm-hmm. I, agree. Mm-hmm. I big agree. time, big 1, time. 1000, bro. 1000. San Francisco, man, I I picked this team to come out of the NFC overall. They're my pick at the start of the year and uh I, I'm I'm feeling pretty pretty good about that. Pretty, pretty good, as Larry David once said.
1: I can't remember who I picked. I think I picked the Eagles to come
0: out. I think that's Come cool. out to yeah. NFC?
1: Yeah. But if I right. had to, I mean, I'm a, I'm going to stick to that. I'm going to stick to that, you know, because I yeah. feel like that Eagles team is right there. They're really good. We just talked about the different teams. That's close to that number one spot. Niners will be number one as of now. It's right. only, what, five weeks? What is it? Five, five, five weeks. So, you know, but yeah, I, I, I would stick with the Eagles. But The Niners is, yeah, that was a good pick, bro.
0: Yeah. they, Because they, when we did our season previews, we predicted the team's records, and if you felt so inclined to do so, you could inject where we saw them going in the postseason. Right. But all we mainly did was talk about just the number of wins over the regular season, and we'll see what the postseason brings when we arrive there. Right. But yeah, it's, this Niners team ha- put the league, I think, very much on notice, not just beating the Cowboys because we talked about their inefficiencies, but how they did it. That was the yeah. part of it there. That was part of it there. Move over to yours, bro. Who is your ICU following this week five? Look,
1: bro, I didn't know. You know what? Before I picked this person, bro, I didn't think I would be picking this person right now. Because that's what makes talk- it beautiful. I know, I know. <laughs> I did this. I did this before too. Because it was another what team? It was another Daniel team. Jones.
0: We do it on James. Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones. Yeah, Daniel After Jones. back against AZ. Yeah.
1: yeah. So here we are, another quarterback man that we talked bad about, which is deserving, so because he hasn't been playing well. Desmond Ritter. I gotta go with Ritter, bro. I mean, you know him being undefeated at home, impressive. We talked about his percentage. I mean his percentage he's at a 63. I think he's at at sixty. No, 68. 68 68.: 68
0: percent completions at home.
1: Yes. 68 completion rate. Uh, um, he's four and0 at home, you know. and his style is just the way he plays at home. He seems to be more comfortable. And you brought up a good point before the show, you know, when he takes a hit. and this was Mike Tyson's son.
0: Nate Tice from The Athletic Nate. has said this when I was listening to a pod, like, right. huh, I didn't even think of that. And then watching today.
1: Right, right, right. When yeah. he takes it, he gets comfortable. And I've seen that today, bro. I didn't know that until you until you said right. that. You know, but when I seen the game, I noticed, like, yeah, he took a lot of hits. Yeah. Comfortable. And that makes sense that other people are noticing that. Because right after the hit and before the hit, it, it didn't shake him at all. I mean, they was rushing. They was sending pressure on him. Now, not every pass was accurate. Not every pass was great or anything like that. But it was a whole lot better than what we've seen since Desmond Ritter's been starting since Mm he's been playing. So, shout out to him and shout out to him. Really trying to get the ball to Kyle Pitts. It's almost like they listened to the pod because we've been talking about (laughs) Kyle Pitts for how long, long, bro? And he was really trying to make sure he got the ball. Some of those passes shouldn't even. He shouldn't even attempt some of them to Kyle Pitts because of. You know mm-hmm. where it was at the coverage and everything like that. So you got to shout out Desmond Ritter, man. They won got the to. game. He was the reason why they won. He had run one rushing touchdown. He had one passing touchdown. Three hundred and twenty-nine yards, I believe. Three three hundred plus, just to be safe. So I don't get the exact number wrong. And yeah, so he he balled out, man. He balled out. He played really really well. And if they can get that from him on the road, this could be a really mm-hmm. good. This could be a really good Atlanta team, man. Y'all know how I feel about Arthur Smith and his ability to be able. Oh all- yeah. His schemes, his run schemes, his fits and stuff like that. If they can just get the right QB in place, especially the guy that they drafted, that they're invested to, we'll be all mm-hmm. right. They'll be all right. You know, so, um, you, yeah, shout out. Shout out Atlanta, man. They're, they're And Desmond Ritter. He did a really good job today.
0: I was worried because we've talked about this before uh, on the show for everybody listening. We have a group chat that we are active on on Sundays. Like, right. who's this ICU? Who's that? How's this happening? What's going on with that? And we call out our ICUs and what's going on. And, Jay, you were the first one today to mention your ICU being Desmond because the way he was playing, right? So, I mean, I I remember I wanted to have that game on. It was one we previewed going into this week specifically. And in that morning slate with the buys here, I thought this was a really good one to look at. And it was a close game all the way through, so it made it fun. And there was a spot where it was – what was this? It was – what was it? It was in the fourth quarter. That's right. Fourth quarter. And there was about like seven minutes left. They were up fifteen to twelve. Yeah. And I wonder they they got behind the sticks in this spot. And Ritter was looking at like a second and eleven. And I wondered if he was oh no, this is gonna be the spot where he's dealing today. Mm-hmm. He's trying to he's he's trying to show that he's arrived. Right. Right, right, he's right, hearing right. the talks about Taylor Heineke, right, right, Like right. we had talked about and the ineptitudes of the offense. And he didn't, he didn't try to do too much. He still played within the confines of himself. And, you know, if it wasn't there, he would throw it away. He didn't, he didn't let the moment be too big or try to do too much and play outside of himself and played solid ball and played, played really good complementary football from the quarterback position. Yeah. And we talked about it before. I mean, this is more a Bijan play than a Ritter one, but it was on that, the past TD that he had to Bijan Robinson or Bijan Robinson, excuse me, he said his name is Bijan. But he had that shovel pass he threw to Bijan, caught it on his left hip, and as he's like, oh, do I, do I got it? In the midst of that, it shook the whole defender and ran it in. I mean, just absolutely insane. It continues to make this Falcons team fun. And when Ritter can go ahead and tap into different parts of his game where he was not only playing on time, hitting things within the context of how the whole play is supposed to dial out, but also then making plays off script, taking chances downfield. Those things is what really made this a very, very good ICU as we sit here wrapping this one up. My other ICU for today is Zach Moss, running back for the Indianapolis Colts. Before this game, a couple things for everybody listening. Before this game, the Titans' run defense finished 2022 last year, right, allowing 76.9 yards on the ground per game. That was the best in the NFL. Also best in the NFL allowing only 3.4 yards per carry, right? Both tops in the league. Here's some numbers of teams and running backs that they played against last year and what they did against them. Josh Jacobs had 58 yards. Brian Robinson, who's killing this year. He only had 22. Jonathan Taylor, the man who recently got inked to a $42 million contract this, this this morning, right? 26 million guaranteed making him the first running back to land a 10 plus million dollar deal. Since Nick Chubb did so in 2021 mind you. His teammate also drafted in the 2020 draft class like Zach Moss. Taylor was selected around earlier by the team who he is currently with, right? Jonathan Taylor, in two efforts, had 42 and one and 58 in another against this Titans run defense. Kansas City's running backs, at collective total of all of them, couldn't even tally 10 yards. Couldn't even reach that as a sum when they played against them last year. Aaron Jones had 40. I mean, you look Across the scope of this of the what they did last year, the Eagles rushing attack collectively, 25 carries, 67 yards. Travis Etienne had 52 rushing yards in two games combined. <laughs> like Austin Eckler, 58. I mean, it goes on and on and on. There's more that I could bring up, but everybody wow. gets the point. This season, though, this Titans' run defense has been even better, allowing only 2.9 yards a carry coming into this game. Zach Moss today. Averaged 7.2 yards on the ground against this squad, right? Ended up finishing the day 165 yards on 23 totes, 30 receiving yards on two grabs and two touchdowns as well on the ground. There was one particular play. It's the big scamper that he had, the 56 yarder, right? Where they released one of the guards to the second level after they saw Jeffrey Simmons two gapping. Zach Moss just bounces it outside, and when he cleared the first level, you see Amani Hooker, the safety for the Titans, get a jump. Like, oh, he's got this. Hooker's like six yards in front of him. And one of the things I remember when I was watching Zach Moss coming out of Utah and I was watching him, and even when he was at Buffalo, is that, like, breakaway deep speed isn't something that I really saw from this guy. But on this play, this man outran the rest of the secondary. Straight up for the middle, gone on him. Gone. It was... It was really dope. It was really, really awesome. So another part of this, another part of this game, where it was really, really noticeable in how they were trying to feature him and how Steichen was really leaning into this. There was eight oh four left in the fourth quarter. Right, Colts were up twenty to sixteen. Titans ball on the Colts five yard line, fourth and one, and or no, yeah, Titans ball, and they go for it. Henry gets stuffed on a fourth and one by Zaire Franklin giving the ball back in like really advantageous backed up against the goal line, giving the ball back to the Colts with a four point lead, but there's eight minutes left. So you don't know if you can tap into your four minute offense and run the ball. Nah, the way they were dealing today, that's exactly what they did. That's exactly what they did. It was, there was a point where a second and five arrived. They know they're going to run the ball to try to run the clock out. Doesn't matter. Zach churns out eight. There was the first third down that they had on when they were backed up against that play you watch that play over again it was a swing pass to Zach when you saw man coverage that was red pre-snap but if you watch on that same side where the ball ended up going on the swing pass Michael Pittman Jr. was a lone wide receiver out there he runs basically a like a screen because that was the design play at this point in the game Anthony Richardson had got knocked out so Steichen is tapping into what Zach Moss was doing at the end of this game to seal the win and it ended up just being a great call to go ahead and do this against this Titan runs defense on the eve of doing this with Jonathan Taylor and signing this man. Zach Moss, I see you, bro. I see you, bro. Good shit.
1: It's good mm. to see it, too, bro, because I was high on him coming out of college and he didn't get to do much over there in Buffalo. Granted, I mean, I get it. He had some health issues. It was hard for him to really stay healthy. But Buffalo didn't really use him that way. You know, we just started right. talking about how they didn't use no running back. Really? Exactly. We're just tapping into the running game this year. So for Zach Moss to go somewhere where they're really going to start tapping into the run game, it just shows what he really can do. So that's good. It's good to see. Because he's still a young back. too. He's still a young back. He's still got, you know, time to really still be one of those feature backs in this league. So that was good to see.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. And I mean, yeah, like we said, they didn't even really tap into him in Buffalo. So he's young and there's not a lot of wear and tear on him.
1: No, no, not at all.
0: Not at all. So, yeah, go ahead and keep the eye on what they can do over there in Indianapolis. We know Shane Steichen likes to run the ball. Anthony Richardson, as I had earlier said, exited the game, had like a shoulder injury.
1: Yeah, it's not good, bro. I mean, hopefully he's not one of he's not turning into one of those dudes where, you know, he's he's hurt a lot and you know, because he's a he's a physical dude, man. He He is. He's one of the most physical guys coming out. I mean was the most physical quarterback for sure, but one of the physical players is coming out. I mean, he is crazy. So Mm -hmm. hopefully he's not one of those quarterbacks though.
0: I hope so too. I mean, because last week we saw him like where Aaron Donald Aaron Donald had to work to bring him down, and that's that physicality coming through. You know, Just seeing it there, and hopefully it's not that, so we'll have to keep an eye and monitor that, but Zach Moss, as we monitor Anthony uh, Richardson, I see you today. Move over to the other side of things with our What's Going On segment here, and we have a team that seems to be the first repeat offender, rightfully so, (laughs) on the What's Going On segment...
1: Oh, wow. Is them again? <sighs> Cover Zero, nice to hear from you again. This is the NFL executive office. How can I help you today?
0: What? I, I just have one question. And what is your question?
1: What's going on? What's going on?
0: Jay, go ahead and tell him. <laughs> Who is it?
1: <laughs> it's Bill Belichick, bro. It's not even a team. It's just him in general. I, I don't understand, you know, what's going on, really, bro. I mean, <laughs> you know, because... We talked about Bill Belichick and if this might be his year where people start questioning if he can still do this at a high level. Because he doesn't have well, he has well, he has his coordinators. He got he got Bill O'Brien back. But he don't have his favorite coordinator there. He's our head coach. He might end up back over there. Who knows by the end of the year? Right? But he don't have Tom Brady anymore. And that's a huge, that's a huge loss, obviously. And this team, him as a head coach, hasn't really been the same. And I bring out Bill Belichick really because we're talking about the defense. He's a defensive mastermind, and this defense has allowed seventy-two points in the last two weeks. Thirty-eight points against the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys put up thirty-eight, and then this week, you know, they they allowed a lot of points. 30, Thirty-four this week.
0: Thirty-four 0
1: against the Saints, a team that hasn't put up close to thirty points the whole year. You know, and the Cowboys at thirty-eight points. That was that. That was you know that was the second highest that they put up. I think forty was against the Giants. Second was, you know, 38 versus New England. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're putting up 30 points every game, anything like that. We just seen what happened today. So for it to happen against a, a defensive mastermind like Bill Belichick and all his pieces are there, you know, he got the Kyle Duggars over there. He got his His boy
0: corners are hurt is the only thing I'll say. Is thing J.C. Jackson played today. J.C. Jackson did, who they just signed.
1: They just went,
0: Apart from him, the reason why they signed him is because you got other dudes on yeah, IR and the third corner aside from him. But still – he was a number
1: one corner. Still,
0: you're Bill Belichick, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You make it work. That's what he's been doing. Yeah. And JC Jackson ain't something. Yeah, they just signed him, but it's not like he don't know He the system. He could play. He made a name for himself in New England. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for that, for that to happen again against the Saints, I mean, their offense is cool. You know, we know what Derek Carr can do. We know what the wide receivers can do, but they have not put up that many points.
0: But this back-to-back weeks.
1: Back-to-back weeks. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So you know, again, um, those players that I talked about too, J.C. Jackson was in, Kyle Duggar was in, Christian Barmore, who we like, he was mm-hmm. in the game. So he still got starters at
0: point. Oh, he's got a lot of players.
1: Yeah, and and their defense is is just I don't know, you know, and that's the crazy part about this whole team really is that what they, what they what they specialize in is not really working. So that's right. really concerning. Mac Jones, we talked about. He been bent. He was benched today. Billy Zappi, you know, they'll probably go back and forth as far as practice that he may start next week. We'll see. But to me, the defense is what stands out the most, and the head coach is the defense-minded guys. You got to bring him up. So Bill Belichick is my what's going on today.
0: I expected this Patriots defense to be kind of like what you were, you were talking about earlier with the Cowboys when the season started, being a like with what the Cowboys have been. I mean, right. in the sense of like the defense is what's really supplanted them to being one of the better teams in the NFL. And I expected the Patriots defense to at least put them in a position to where they cannot be ass. And now the defense is ass. So the team is just so bad as a collective unit. And that's why it's like, what's going on. We've now seen back-to-back outings where like they're like, it's this, the point differential in two weeks against two teams that will probably be in the NFC playoffs more or less ish right between those two squads where you have now you're looking at like 70 to three at the point differential mark. I don't know. I mean, this is where I think I'd said it last week at some point, like, do we start to talk about him being in the hot seat? We started that question last week. We now arrive at this conclusion this week. What does that say for what the Blanc family is going to do? Even though this man has delivered six Super Bowls for Europe for you in the past, we all know the NFL is a more of a what have you done for me lately kind of league and the type of leash that that he has with that that historic performance that he put up before. I wonder how much these blowouts are dwindling that leash. And I want to keep trying to keep keep an eye on that as well as we go forward, because that's it's a great point, bro. Like what is going on? You can't do anything right.
1: And that can't happen right. to Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. That can't. Uh, uh, something got the go coach wrong. of all coaches. Something got to go right, bro. Right. Ain't nothing going right. So I mean, yeah, nothing. It's a problem. It's
0: like a problem. y'all look hapless as hell out there. Like yeah. I don't. I don't. You know, it 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 fits very much again for this segment because it does make me ask, like, what's going on? You you can't even. Yeah, yeah I, I, you can't find footing in any any area, and it's yeah. very concerning. My what's going on today, the Baltimore Ravens. What is going on? Ravens lose today to the Steelers 17-10. And why this one was important specifically for the Ravens to go ahead and get this win, it, it's numerous reasons. The Bengals haven't exactly been bangling. The Steelers' offense has certainly been Matt canada until today. <laughs> and now, you know, the, Cleveland's actually been killing. And has a bye week. He's not playing this week. So you guys can go ahead and take like a nice position early in the season on this division. If you just capitalize on the Steelers offense or the Steelers team that has looked very uninspiring out to this point. Mm-hmm. And the opportunities were there and they couldn't capitalize on them. Yeah. yeah. Drops by the offense. This was supposed to be the year and I think was the year where they did make moves in the pass catcher department to be able to help out Lamar Jackson. Well, also, able- the, uh, right. Right. They did. <laughs> they
1: they did, moves.
0: and they got Odell Beckham back healthy today. The guy they guaranteed damn near fourteen million dollars to, yeah. and was really nothing. And they also used a first round pick on a guy we both liked a lot, Zay Flowers, right. another receiver who we also liked a lot. Rashad Bateman was on the field right, today, right, right. right? Nelson Aguilar as a fourth receiver, fourth fifth That's receiver. Great. That's great. cool. Uh, sign me up. Mm-hmm. I'll take that all day long. Especially when we've been thirsty for receivers on this offense, right? First quarter, 12.58. They run a dig route to Zay Flowers, who got, like, college open, right, on this particular play against Patrick Peterson. Drops the dig route right in his hand. Second quarter, 12.30 and some change left. Second and goal. Mark Andrews climbs the ladder. Granted, it was a little bit higher, but that's where you put it when you're Mark Andrews. We just saw this last week against the Texans on his second touchdown that he had in week four. Charles Davis on the call made a very good point. Put it up on the top shelf where the kids can't get it right? Put it up on the top shelf. So Lamar did. That's how, that's what Mark Andrews does <claps> off of Andrews hands. The next play <laughs> also in the red zone, Rashad Bateman in the end zone off of inbreaker. breaker beats Levi Wallace wide open balls right here. <claps> Drops that one too. Yeah. Right. That's three of them. Right. Nelson Aguilar on a nine route. Right. See the Steelers on that one sent a five man pressure and you watch Lamar in the pocket. He holds Minka with his eyes, knowing he's going to trigger the nine route to the right, where he has an advantage and where he sees there's more space because they're on the left hash. Minka's shifting over to where the passing strength is, holds him, holds him, holds him, triggers on it. Aguilar's got a step ball right through the bread basket, dropped it again. I thought even throughout all of these different drops that they were going to have. That they were gonna after there was a fumble on a punt return by the Steelers. I think old Olsh- old or whatever the, the, the dude's name is. Right. He had a fumble on the punt return, which gave Baltimore the ball, right, when the score was 10 to 8 and they can put it away. And they draw up a fade route in the end zone to Odell against the rookie. This ball was absolute. This was the first play where honestly Lamar was actually at fault in the game up to this point late in the fourth. Threw a fade route didn't throw it back shoulder, didn't throw it out in front, just threw it completely inside where Odell was absolutely out leveraged. Even in Odell's day of days, he's not going to go get that ball because of where it was placed. Right. Joey Porter with the pick. Steelers get the ball back right here. All we got to do is stop the Steelers offense. That's been absolutely terrible. That landed themselves in this segment last week <laughs> because of how bad they were. Right. Nah, eight plays, 80 yards, two minutes, touchdown. Marlon Humphrey gets roasted by George Pickens. Really good ball by Kenny Pickett there on that play. Yeah. Great stem and release. It was a cover zero pressure, yeah. as you know. we know the Ravens like to send, send their heat, put their players in those positions, but couldn't capitalize. Ravens get the ball back. There's still a little bit of time left. And even then, they the way that it felt was that the Ravens felt like the game was over in that point. Yeah. Lamar was rolling out, got, Lamar, like, got Mark Andrews open with space in front and can get out of bounds because he's on the sideline. Lamar throws like a, a bounce pass. It just, it made no sense. Catches Zay Flowers deep behind the defense. Zay falls down before the ball even gets there. Like, all these different things that aren't, you know, the Ravens mantra. Play like a Raven. All the things that I saw today on the field were not playing like a Raven. And as a result, they now have the same record as the Pittsburgh Steelers. Three and two on the season. Yeah, That's just crazy to me.
1: It is crazy. It is crazy, bro. And you know what? I think the life was sucked out of them. When Matt Canada's offense scored and they went up. I think the life was really sucked out of Baltimore at that point. And because there was no confidence with Lamar throwing to these wide receivers, even Mark Andrews, them dropping the ball, I think that really just, it, it just, it was over. It was over Yeah, time they had, you know, so that's a good point.
0: That's a good point. Yeah, it is. And this NFC North right now, especially with what the Bengals did today, the Bengals returned to what we know the Bengals to be. Putting up a lot of points. I think before the season started to say that to see them do that against the Cardinals isn't all that impressive. But this Cardinals team has actually been playing pretty well. Like this ain't no pushover squad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the Bengals went in there and their offense lit up the scoreboard. Joe Burrow looked great, unleashing deep balls to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase went for like fifteen, fifteen receptions, 190 yards and three scores. I mean, this now NFC North that seemed like early on it was Baltimore's for the taking at least to get an early advantage and widen the gap. Mm-hmm. We're all sitting here in this small little cluster, fighting for who's in first in the phone booth race, and it's gonna be. Hey, we talked about this in the preseason previews. This division is a, is a dogfight, and we're there right now. But this was one. This was one that's gonna come back to haunt Baltimore
1: losing this yeah, game. I agree. I agree on that big time because they gave this one up. They gave this one up, man. So this is one that they needed to have because they were up. And like you said, even when the offense is not playing well, Baltimore is Baltimore. You know the defense is going to come show up. Yeah. not let a sorry offense like that score a late touchdown like Mm -hmm. that. Especially when they've been weak all year. They've been weak all year. All year. year. And you let Mm -hmm. them do that? Yeah. Freaking Baltimore. Bro, in the
0: fourth quarter alone, Steelers outscored Baltimore 14 to nothing.
1: Right. It's crazy. It's crazy.
0: Like, like it's this is just this this these I know are it's the... rivalry. I get yeah.
1: it. I know those games are close. I get it. But that shouldn't have that shouldn't have happened, bro. That shouldn't Should have not. Rivalry or not, it shouldn't have happened. That Steelers offense is one of the worst offenses I've seen in this year time, in a minute. Or just in period with Steelers. Normally the offense is better than this.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, for, you for sure. For oh, sure. I'm for just sure. saying in general.
1: Yeah, in general, it's this is this is one of the
0: worst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's sad. This is going to come back and be a, a definite point for them as well. Yep. But uh, week five, uh, Sunday in the books, each with our what's going on, each with our ICUs. Those things are the, the stuff that stood out for us today. Uh, we'll be back with our week six preview, dropping on Friday, Saturday, somewhere in that time frame. Appreciate y'all listening to Cover Zero Podcast.